Hello, my praying people. It is so good to be with you again this week, and you are in for a treat. I got to connect with Jamie Hampton of the Praying Christian Women podcast. This is a really great podcast that I highly recommend. And Jamie and I got to spend the afternoon together. She recorded uh, the interview with me for our prayer clinic podcast. And then right after that, I recorded an interview with her for the Praying Christian Women podcast. So if you're listening to this today and you enjoy our conversation, then go on over to Praying Christian Women and you can listen to a, a continuation of that conversation as we were able to spend that afternoon together. You can tell that we are um, kindred praying spirits. It's so fun how the body of Christ connects us like that. So enjoy getting to know Jamie and please do take time to check out her Praying Christian Women podcast. Hello, my praying people. I am so excited to be with you today, and especially I'm excited to introduce you to our guest, who is Jamie Hampton. And Jamie and Alana um, host, co-host a very popular podcast. If you've not seen it out there yet, or it has not crossed um, your path, you want to look it up. It's called Praying Christian Women, and uh, they are delightful. Not only do they interview others, but sometimes they get on there and they just talk with each other and are chatting about the things that um, challenge us in our prayer lives. And just um, all in all, it's a, it is a praying podcast. It's so much fun. <laughs> so Jamie, I am thrilled to connect with you via the podcast world. And I'm glad to have you on the prayer clinic podcast today. Me too, Leanne. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have connected and, you know, we, I feel the same way about your podcast. I'm just like, this is, you know, just we're, we're praying people that are getting yep. together and, you know, I just, I love the connection that we've made. I do too. And so Jamie and Alana both are authors, just as I am. I, and Jamie, is your writing fiction or nonfiction or both? I have uh, all nonfiction so far. Now I do have okay. a, a novel in mind for someday, but yeah, I've, I've okay. definitely only written nonfiction so far. Okay. And so have I so far. I've got yeah. like 60 pages of fiction novel that I started one time when I was feeling especially inspired, but that inspiration must have just gone away because I haven't returned back to it. But now Alana writes, does she write fiction? I was getting the idea that she writes fiction. Yes. Okay. She does both, but she okay. started out as a, yeah, as a fiction author. So she's, mm -hmm. she has tons of books. She writes Christian suspense and oh. just has this wide variety of topics. She's got a series on, um, it's a fiction suspense series about um, North Korea and just the challenges of being a Christian in North Korea. She has yeah. um, some based in the US. And the fun part about all of her novels are even though she's got several different series, they're all kind of like 
in interconnected. There are these little Easter eggs along the way of like people oh. that you'll be like, oh, I remember that person from this series. So it's really fun to read her stuff. That's very, very cool. And I mm-hmm. think it's fascinating when authors can do that because, you know, yeah. weave that in. And, you know, the one book I have that's been translated into another language is my book, Spiritual Warfare for Women. And it's been translated into the Korean language language yes and it's in the market i don't i like to think that maybe a few of those books have gone over the border of course it's in the south korean market but it's one of the little known facts that i have a a book translated into korean so that's pretty neat that's very cool i love that yeah Yeah. and i yeah and i i can't remember what i was listening to if it was a podcast episode where you referenced that book and uh-huh. I thought I need to read that book. I'm okay. in English, well, in English for sure. Yeah, but. in English, not Korean. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make sure we get you get you a copy of it. But anyway, these guys are are moms. Jamie, you're a mom. Tell us about your family. Yeah, my husband and I have been married for 22 years. It'll okay. be 23 years in August. We have three kids, ages 16, 11, and eight. And our eight year old is our only girl. We've got two boys and a girl. Okay. Um, yeah. And we live in Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska, mm-hmm. but we've lived all over. Oh, have you? So tell us where else you've lived besides Alaska. We, so I grew up in Maryland. My husband and I met oh. in Virginia in college. And so we okay. lived in Virginia for a while, then Las Vegas, then Tucson, oh. Arizona, and now Anchorage, Alaska. So we're desert to subarctic wow. transplants. Wow, that is quite a change for sure. I would imagine I would because the weather right now in Vegas and Tucson is very, very different, I bet, than it is in Anchorage. (laughs) It is, although we feel we're excited because it's been like over 40 for a few days in a row, you know, for like maybe a week. It's been really springy and nice, but yeah, nothing like. Yeah. Nothing like spring in Las Vegas or Tucson. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we've got spring in Tennessee, which is like 80 degrees one day and 40 degrees the next. So we get a little bit of all of it. And today it's actually kind of cool, but I'm not complaining because the sun is beginning to come out and we haven't seen it in a few days. So it's very good. Well, um, and then I also saw on y'all's website that you, your family camps, do y'all camp in Alaska? Well, so we, some people would not like that term because we use, we have a travel trailer. And so some people don't consider that real camping because we don't camp in tents. We used to camp in tents before we had the travel trailer, (laughs) but with little kids and like sticky fingers, I was always afraid of bears and, you know, it was, you don't have to worry about rattlesnakes or, you know, venomous anything, but you've got bears to worry about for sure. And I would get nervous. And so we ended up getting a, a travel trailer. So yeah. some people would not consider us true campers because we don't. <laughs> yeah. You don't do it the, the rustic way. Well, we, we could, can and that. we have. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, you get out there. We you're, do. You're out there in the wilderness. And I, I mean, in my mind, that's just like looking like a beautiful thing to do, but I imagine you have to go in the few weeks that you have that the weather is not freezing cold. Yeah, we have, you know, I mean, we'll probably, I think Memorial Day is our first, um, Ah. the first day we have a spot reserved and we'll, we'll camp into, into the fall a little bit, maybe into, into August probably that is great before it gets too cold maybe even that September. sounds like so much fun and I bet that's really fun with teenage boys with you having oh, a 16 yeah. and 11 year old sons and then your daughter that's good good it's good. fun and we love fishing and yeah it's been mm. great, it's been great. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, my children are all grown up. And so it's fun to think back on that stage of life and and the just savor every little minute of it. That would be my advice as, as y'all already. Are. Yeah. yeah. I already feel it slipping through my fingers. But now you've got grandkids to continue that yes. fun. Yes, it is. And it's even more fun with grandkids. Everybody told me it would be, and they are absolutely right. Well, let's talk about your prayer ministry. And my first question for you is, um, tell us about kind of the journey of your own personal walk with the Lord and your prayer life, and then how it got to the place where it turned into this podcast ministry. Yeah. I mean, I'll try to give you the nutshell version. Um, okay. I, mean, I, I grew up going to church every Sunday and I think from an early age, I, I prayed. I mean, I just, I can't think of many, I, I can't really remember a time when I didn't pray to God in my mind, just kind of, you know, asking for things or for help or for, as I went to sleep at night, I can remember just asking God questions, like thinking, boy, I, I wish I knew the answer to this and what this is like. And, um, mm. so, I mean, a, as a kid, I prayed a lot. Um, as I got older, I kind of did the typical sort of living my life, my way and getting away from living the way that I should have lived and made mm. some poor choices. And even as I was kind of going down the wrong path, I remember praying and I remember one morning in particular after the day before making some really bad choices that I knew would not be pleasing to God. I remember getting up early and sitting out on the porch and just sitting there and just knowing that God was there and just kind of feeling ashamed and mm -hmm. telling him that I was sorry and I don't know. I didn't, I, I still felt like I could approach him though. And I know that there are hmm. people that go through times where they don't feel like they can approach God. And I don't know why it was different for me at that moment, but, um, hmm. but so I, I just, prayer was a part of my life. Even when I was kind of far from God in my actions, I prayer hmm. was always kind of there. Um, hmm. I attribute that to the prayers of people that were praying for me. I think of yeah. my, my parents, I think of my in-laws who have told me for many years that they prayed for the spouse of their children from the time mm. their kids were babies. So my in-laws, this just kind of clicked with me fairly recently that my in-laws are true spiritual parents that were with me before I even met them. And so yeah. like those pivotal times, I know my grandmother, you know, my, all these people that were praying for me along the way. I think that's probably what kind of gave me that space to still mm. be connected with God. But, um, Hmm. Then, uh, you know, I got to a very pivotal time in high school just before maybe the year before I went to college that I read a book. I can't remember the book, but it was a mm -hmm. book, I think. Um, yeah, about like see you at the pole. It was something like okay. that, like the see you uh -huh. at the pole ministries. And it had uh -huh. this picture of these kids all coming together and just praying together and like living this like really rich spiritual life together. And I wanted that desperately. And I remember praying and I even wrote a letter to the, the address on the back saying, will you pray for me? And I had, and I, um, I wrote down three specific prayer requests. And I think one was that I would have the courage to, um, step away from doing some things that I knew were not beneficial. And two, that God would provide me with a, um, like group of, Christian 
friends when I went to college that would encourage Uh me, like the people that I saw in that, uh, in that book. And there was another Uh one I can't remember, but I still had, Uh I came across the letter not long ago and they said, our ministry has been praying for you for these three things. And when I discovered that letter after many years of not having seen it, I was just amazed because I didn't remember praying those prayers or asking for prayer for that, but God answered those prayers in very specific ways. And so when I was in college, I recommitted my life to Christ and, um, it was a direct result of a neighbor, a a hallmate that God placed in my life. Mm -hmm. And I did, I got involved with InterVarsity Christian fellowship, which was a huge, um, I don't know, inspiration in terms of, you know, and support of my, Mm -hmm. my spiritual life. So, um, yeah, so like, that's, that's a big part of how, how prayer has kind of been the backbone of, of my life. And I think that God has used that. Um, but as far as Alana and me, when I moved Mm -hmm. to, we moved to Alaska almost 10 years ago now, and, um, Alana and I met our kids, our two oldest who are now 16, were doing Taekwondo at a local church. And we had not yet gotten established in a church. We were still looking around, but this was one of the churches we were considering. We ended up going to, and, but our son was involved in Taekwondo there. So I saw her sitting outside of the Taekwondo meeting with her little kids and I had a little one. And so we just ended up kind of talking while the boys went into Taekwondo and sort of entertaining our kids with each other. And Mm -hmm. Um, we became friends and she ended up coming over. I had, I was doing the good news club, which is an after school program. Um, and I was teaching that at my oldest school and she brought her kids over ahead of good news club to pray with me while our kids played together. She would come over because I was expressing just like, we're not getting a lot of kids and I kind of don't know if I'm doing a good job. And she said, well, let me come over and we can pray together. So we became prayer partners. Yeah. Wow. That is so great. So your whole thing started with you guys being prayer partners, but I don't think y'all live close to each other anymore. Do you, do you still live? Yeah. We live several hours away from each other now. Yeah. So, yeah, but I can tell that's so sweet and haven't had some prayer partners in my own life during seasons of my life. I know how, um, that's just a unique relationship, isn't it? It's a unique friendship when it's started like as a prayer partnership. I, yeah, yeah, it, def- it definitely is. And, you know, the podcast really was born out of conversations that we had about mm. our own prayer lives. And, mm. you know, we just definitely, I, I remember one time in particular that we were on the phone with each other and it seems like God takes us through some parallel situations in our lives that aren't exactly Mm -hmm. the same, but like this one particular time I was sharing with her that I felt like I wasn't hearing from God about something that I really wanted to hear from him about. And she said, I'm, I'm going through the same thing, totally different situation, but just feeling like God was silent. Mm -hmm. And we talked through it. We're like, well, are we sinning or is there something in our life that's keeping us from hearing from him? Is he just waiting is the answer that we need to wait or mm-hmm. are we not making space to hear from him? Are we doing too much talking and not enough listening? And so yeah. it was those kinds of conversations that gave us ideas for what to talk about on the podcast. It was really not that we're prayer experts by any stretch, right. but that we are just walking through the same questions everyone else has. 
I love that. And, and that's what y'all do. And guys, that's why y'all are going to love their podcast because that's what they do. Alana and Jamie just get together and they talk about the things that we talk about when we're praying. So let's talk about some of those things, if you don't mind. Um, right now, you mentioned, I know when we were dialoguing prior to being able to be together today, that one of your passions is for women to understand that, um, you know, what prayer is and that it's not a, uh, it's not like a step one, step two, step three. It's a, uh, so talk, let's talk about that. Like really what your prayer life looks like, not yours specifically, but like what prayer life looks like for us. Yeah. I mean, I just, one of the things that illustrates this is um, one of our early podcast episodes. I remember Alana and I talking on the air about our prayer partnership. Maybe we were talking about having a prayer partner and she said something to me. I have always envied her prayer life because she is super organized. She's the kind of person that has multiple prayer journals. She has, she loves organizing them. She uses sticky notes. She uses labels and she writes out prayers in handwriting. Um, she's just a her prayer style is very organized and very, um, I don't know, efficient maybe is a good way to put uh -huh. it. Um, uh -huh. and so she prays a lot. She prays thoroughly and I've always envied that. And I kind of had felt like going into this podcast. I'm like, well, she's the prayer person. I'm just the sidekick. And <laughs> she said something during that, during that episode. And she said, I've always admired I, that, that you, um, you know, she remembered a time when I just said, well, let's pray about that now. Mm -hmm. I'm like a prayer on the spot kind of person. And I mm -hmm. never considered that a strength. I just thought that that's kind of like, well, you know, I fly by the seat of my pants. I don't do yeah. a good job of planning, but I can do it right <laughs> then and there. But it, at that moment, it clicked. We laughed because I, I shared with her that I've always envied her prayer style. And she has always envied that ability and, and prompting of just praying right on the spot and not envy, that's probably not the best word, but, um, but to realize that while it's always good to stretch yourself, like I've utilized some of her expertise to help incorporate some of that organization into my prayer life and to make it more efficient, but not to just always be looking to pray like someone else or to put yourself down or not think that you're quote, good at prayer because you don't yeah. pray like someone that you admire, but to try to look in and think, what are some of your strengths? How has God wired you? Like, what is mm -hmm. your, we've done several episodes on things like motivational styles and learning styles and, mm -hmm. um, just the, the ways that God, your strengths, you know, assessing your strengths as an individual and how do those things translate to your prayer life? So rather mm -hmm. than someone like me who doesn't find it particularly easy or even inspiring to have a list of things to, I, I don't pray mm -hmm. through a lot of prayer lists all the time. And I don't have a set time or day, um, mm -hmm. to focus in on, well, what are your strengths? Capitalize on those, keep doing those. Mm -hmm. Well, ask God how to provide more opportunities to do those things. And then when you identify things that you like about someone else's prayer life, then maybe use those things too, and set right. prayer reminders to make it more fun and useful and, things like that. But, um, but yeah, so I would just say yeah. in terms of, I think a big part of prayer 
is knowing yourself and kind of getting to know yourself and, and what your strengths are and Mm -hmm. how God created you. And so we even created a quiz to kind of like, what's your prayer personality and, Uh you know, how can you, um, kind of capitalize on your prayer personality to kind of ride the wave of prayer rather than trying to hammer a square peg into a circle. That's good. That's very good. And what I love about that is you're freeing people up to be able to have that journey kind of uniquely for themselves. One of the ways that I've talked about prayer before is that it's a prayer is a relationship. It's not a, it's not a prescription or a path that somebody else can create for you. And like just in marriage, there are certain um, tips and um, good skills we can develop so that we communicate well with our spouse. And there are some pitfalls we can avoid and things we can do to make it easier to communicate with each other. But the way that we're going to do it with each other is totally up to us. Like every couple has their own way of doing that. And I feel like prayer is a lot that same way because it's more about developing an intimate relationship with God and have an open an intimate relationship is have an open and fluid conversation. And so in that um it would be very unique. And as you were talking, I was even thinking about how some people, we talked about your family camping, they love being outdoors. And many of my best prayer times have been when I'm outside, you know, walking or hiking or jogging or whatever, and just having that time with the Lord. And it doesn't look like, you know, on your knees with your Bible open with this scripture of that song or whatever. It's just um, walking and being with them when I'm out in nature. So that's a Yeah, those are neat things. That's a very cool thing that frees a lot of people up, I think, to know that it's just being in love with Jesus. That's what being, that's what praying is all about. But then there are the, um, the, the situations that we get in because life is tough where we do find times you mentioned before about when you feel like God is just silent or when, um, you're not, you pray one thing and it seems like the total opposite happens. Um, tell me about, <laughs> I, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't give you this idea ahead of time. I'm just going off the cup here, Jamie. That but is okay. If you think about a time like that in your life, tell us about that or about what you and Alana have maybe talked about and what to do in a season like that. Yeah, I would say, so the, the blog post that I have written, one of the, one of the two that has gotten the most feedback, like I would say probably a couple of times a week, we'll get an email of someone that says, I just read your blog post about when things get worse after you pray Okay, <laughs> and I'm that's in that good. season. And yeah. that is, you know, I think probably the, the, the time that's almost worse than if God seems silent is when things get worse. And it is, yes. it is, it is oh, because you think, is this the devil like trying to discourage me right. from praying? Does uh-huh. God not care? Did I pray the wrong thing? I mean, it's right. just, it's so hard. And yeah. in the post, I actually was going through a time or had gone through a time when things did get worse. We, we went through a really severe earthquake in Alaska in mm. 2017, November of 2017. Mm-hmm. And our home was badly damaged. Our foundation was shaken and actually our house mm. sank somewhat like wow. several inches, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was enough that we couldn't open our doors or windows. 
It was wow. very scary when it was happening. We were in the house. Um, some of us mm-hmm. were, um, mm-hmm. but it was devastating. It, it could have been way worse. I mean, there were right. no lives lost. Thank God in that particular earthquake in Anchorage. Wow. Um, but we had a lot of issues that came after that with our home, our, you know, whether or not we could repair our home, whether we were going to have to lose our home. Um, mm. And there was a time that was kind of a dark time between November and January when we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, thankfully, we were able to live in the house. It was it was inspected and it was determined that it was livable. We, we were not going to mm-hmm. be in danger. So that was huge. But mm-hmm. beyond that, there were a lot of financial and just practical questions that we had. And we were just praying and praying. And I just remember it was right before Christmas and I just, our house was still a mess. I mean, there were just like stuff all over the place. And, uh, we, we were, I I just remember stopping and being like, we have not even talked about the birth of Jesus with the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been so focused on these things and these questions that I, I haven't even really done any of that. And I thought I need to, I just felt real, like I need to talk with the kids. So I pulled out this book. Um, It was like a, I don't, it was like a a thing where you hang up different verses each day on, on the tree, like Like an advent calendar. It was like an advent. It was an advent calendar. Thank you. Uh (laughs) And so I, we went through and the verse for that day, and I don't know if it was for the actual day or what, but I just remember the verse and the story. I, I did not feel like doing anything spiritual. Cause I, I kind of felt just kind of dead and not, not kind uh-huh. of prayed out kind of thing, but uh-huh. I, I had the kids do it. And I remember at the time our, our middle son was like seven, maybe. And, uh-huh. um, he start he read the, um, the story of Moses. I mean, of, not Moses of, um, of Abram taking, uh, taking Isaac up to sacrifice. Oh, him. Wow. And he got to the part where God provided the Ram. Uh And it was like those times when God just the words jump off the page or the words that someone's speaking, just like light a fire in your heart. And Uh I just knew that that was for me. And Uh I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, so Abram got up there. He, he placed his son on the altar. God had provided this Ram before that though, there were years, the ram was caught in the thicket. And I thought there were so many years of, of that thicket growing to catch those Mm. rams horns. There were so many Mm. years of that rams horns growing to be caught in the thicket. Like those were all part of God's plan that he was working on just years in advance of Mm. the unfolding and the fulfillment of that promise of saving Isaac or providing Mm. a ram in place of Isaac. That's good. it was just, there was this, it was this cold, quiet time of waiting when avenues that we had gone through to try and save our home and, and Uh stay in our home had fallen through. But I just had this hope of God is working even when Uh we can't see it. And he was working maybe even years before the problem even happened to orchestrate things in just a way that your prayers and your needs are met. And that was powerful for me. So I love that. That is a very great, that is a great reminder. And because we always think about how 
the, you know, we say God's never early. He's never late. He's always right on time. And that mm -hmm. sounds really good if you've just gotten your answer to your prayer. But when you're in that time, I call it the meantime. It's the time between when you know this promise is for you, like God has told you what's going to happen, but you're way over here separated from the promise and you have to live in between that time so it's the meantime you're living between but it's also a it can be a mean time to your faith like you can really have oh, a struggle yeah. during that, that time and that's such a beautiful way of thinking about it because that thicket had to be that's what you're saying had to be just that way at just that time with that ram's horns just that way at that time it was all and it all synced up perfectly in the moment that god needed it to be i think that one of the things that really um, is helpful when we're struggling with um, praying and then getting sometimes the opposite. And I do believe the devil can orchestrate circumstances, or at least he can create suggestions enough for to know based on what we verbally talk about and what we um, what we moan about or complain about. Then the devil knows how. Or create his deception. So he knows mm -hmm. what ingredients to put together to deceive us from seeing how God's working. And when he does that, we he loves it if we make the connection that, oh my goodness, I was just praying this. And instead this happened because see, he gets um, attention that way. He's like, yeah, look at me. I'm over here doing this because you prayed this. And um, that's a, uh, it's an easy trap to fall into. But when we recognize what we got to keep thinking about is that God, he's sovereign over all that. And what I love is even, and I thought of this a lot this weekend, that even when the devil is doing his darndest at his very worst, all he's doing is playing into the hand of the Lord. Like the Lord already knows how to work that and weave that into what he's doing because it was not God. Jesus walked to the cross and he willingly went because it was the only way and God allowed him to, because he loved us that much, but the cross itself was the was wickedness and greed and perversion and illegal even in their day it was the whole trial was illegal Pilate was um twisted by politics like everything that that orchestrated that made the crucifixion happen were all products of i, I think evil actively working but the fact that jesus chose to go there and god orchestrated the plan of salvation all the while it was just working into what god had god had planned and i and for me that helps me in hard hard times to think no matter how bad it looks or how much it looks like the devil's got the upper hand right now it'll it'll all it'll all work out especially if god's given us his word so I'm really big on, um, Jamie, we're really big on praying scripture, like, mm, and taking yes. God at his word yes. for how he's, um, when we're praying, like, um, uh, we pray his word to him, but then we know that he's given us a word to us. Can you think of a time when God has, um, given you like a word and then he did fulfill it? Like it was a situation, God gave you his word and then he fulfilled it in your life. Yeah. And I, um, well, there were a couple of times I'd say the first time is when I was 
um, when I was in college, I was engaged to someone who did not end up being my husband. Okay. And, uh, we were engaged for many months, like maybe 10 months, 11 months, but we had been having issues. He, it was on his end. He was having doubts and questions about whether he thought we should mm -hmm. get married. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty heartbroken and I was trying my best to hand it over to God and just mm -hmm. every day, like, okay, God, if you don't want us to get married, I know that, you know, better. I really want it mm -hmm. to happen, but I know that, you know, better. So I was trying my best, even just in words, if not in with my heart in it saying, take this. Yeah. And eventually it ended up being that we did not get married. He, we broke the engagement and, um, we, uh, sorry, I'm looking up this verse because I don't want to get it wrong, but so I was That's pretty fine. heart. Yeah. I was pretty heartbroken and I, I was just sitting there reading my Bible and it was one of those times when I just needed a word from God. And, uh, I just, I opened the Bible to the book of Isaiah and, um, and I started reading Isaiah 43, 18 to 20. And it says, forget the former things do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And I know that that was originally not intended for me. That wasn't something that was a prophecy about Israel. It was a prophecy about, you know, the new law replacing the, or the, the new covenant replacing the old law. But at that moment, I felt that God mm -hmm. was giving me a picture of, of who he was. I am a redeemer. I take the dead things mm -hmm. and I reclaim them. My favorite, one of my favorite analogies is, is, mm. you know, what do you grow a garden out of manure, worm infested yeah, dung that. pile, <laughs> you know, so like good. that yes. can take the worm infested dung pile of what mm. Satan intends for us or what the life, yeah. what, what life throws at us. He, it doesn't yes. matter what it is. And he grows a garden out of it. Yeah. And so <laughs> that was what he showed me. And uh, I, I took that and I said, okay. And so now that I'm on the mm. other end of it, you know, yeah years later, 25 years later, yeah. I, I can see the plan that God unfolded wow. and, you know, I can see that he is making a way that that was, that felt like a wasteland time, but mm -hmm. it refined me. It, it mm -hmm. nurtured my prayer life because I had nothing to hold on to. And, and this person mm -hmm. I was engaged to was a godly man. And mm -hmm. so it's not like it was a terrible situation, but mm -hmm. it, it was what I needed. It was, it was part of those optimal conditions in which God knew I needed to flourish. And, and yeah. so it included some drought, which is true with plants wow. too. So it was That's really, good. yeah. So I would say that yeah. was one scripture time when I opened up a scripture that I felt God was, was promising mm -hmm. something to me and it did come to pass. And it held you through during the time that it, I'm sure was very painful during the loss of what you thought was going to be. Yeah. And it and has then, continued yeah. when other times like that have come through. God is, you know, yeah. I just hold on to that. God is a redeemer of dead things. He's a resurrector yes. of dead things. He's, you know, he can, he can take anything. That is such a good reminder. Work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's so key because there's absolutely nothing, no matter what is going on, that is going to trip God up. You know, one of the things that we love to say is God never sits on his throne and says, 
oh, I didn't see that coming, you know, and, and act surprised about it. Like he, he already knows. And that's very, very comforting. And I know there are people that listen to my podcast because I talk about sometimes the um, deconstructing and deconversion of some of our children that have grown up in the faith because I have some uh, walk and some experience in that. And this conversation, I think, really lends to some encouragement to some parents in that regard, too, because we have to know that when we when those babies were in our arms or um, we were pregnant with them, even God knew the end from the beginning and every day in between. And these things that feel like um, seasons when all of uh, as a Christian parent, you think all of the plans of God are are like just up in smoke because of the decisions our children are making. Just this conversation is very comforting to recognize that there's they, they cannot go far enough away to where they can never come back. And God has plans for them. And um, every promise that we've known and, and uh, claimed for our children's lives ha- cannot be um, broken because God made the promise and he's a promise keeper. And so um, anyway, just a great, just a great place to, to relate that kind of a, an assurance as well. And I, I go back to that myself of just thinking about myself when I, you know, when I, I had, um, you know, youth group leaders that were probably just shaking their heads, like, where did we Mm. go wrong? Or, you know, seeing Mm me walk. And I actually ended up writing a letter to one uh, couple that were youth leaders in my early, late middle school, early high school years, um, and just letting them know that that the things that they said to me, the scripture that they uh, that they put out there, it didn't return empty. It was always there, mm. and even though outwardly it didn't look like I was walking it, it was mm. in there, and it was it, it and good. just their lives as a family and their daughter who was a friend, uh, you know, growing up like their example and just their walking out the gospel and the love of Jesus and, and displaying what it looked like to walk your faith. Like that was huge for me. And I hung on to that. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, um, tell us about, um, I think we'll probably uh, wrap this up. So I would love for you to tell us about, you kind of did tell us about that answer prayer. What's a, what's a recent answer to prayer that you've experienced in your life? Oh, so there was not long ago. I was, um, I was doing an interview with, uh, with a woman, um, Brooke from million praying moms. And she was Uh talking about um, praying for your family and, it hit me. Like I just started feeling really down and really low while we were talking. Cause I thought I don't pray enough for my family. What, what a fraud, you know, here I am. My podcast is called praying Christian women. When's the last time I prayed fervently for my family and not just a little uh-huh. shout out prayer. It's back to that insecurity of, wow, she's a better prayer than I am. And <laughs> right. you know, so, um, I just, I, I, as soon as I, you know, clicked end record, I, I was just had this kind of burdensome feeling. And I just heard God saying, well, just pray. Oh, good. <laughs> so I stopped and I took, I mean, it might've been 10 minutes. It was not that long. Uh-huh. And I did a prayer walk through my house uh-huh. and I prayed over the pillows of each of my family That's members. Good. 
And as I was praying, God gave mm. me specific words, like just single words for each person. Scriptures mm. came to mind mm -hmm. and it was incredible. Like within that week, wow. there was, um, one of the things, and I won't go into details, but two of the, two of the, of the four people that I prayed for in our family, there were huge breakthroughs oh, specific to good. those words that God gave me to pray for them while I was yeah. praying over their rooms. And wow. So I just, and, and even more recently than that, there was another situation in our family that I prayed for and that quite honestly, it was something that I've been praying about for a long time. And I haven't seen mm -hmm. a lot of motion and I, I kind of, I was extremely surprised when God answered in a big way recently. And wow. isn't that the way, I mean, I just think yeah. about it. I, I used to look down at, at Israel when they, you know, the, the Hebrew people, they see the parting of the red sea, they see all these miracles and the pillar and the cloud and all this stuff. And and they still kept being unfaithful. And then I look right. back and I think, oh, right, that's me. I mean, why am I still surprised sometimes right. when God shows up in big ways? So, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Well, I've got a neat thing going on in my, um, well, it has gone on in the last several years. Um, my, is your husband, your husband's not a pastor, is he? Is he a pastor? Mm -hmm. Okay. No. Alana's husband is, right? Uh, a pastor, yes. is a pastor. Okay, okay. Well, my husband is a pastor, so I'm pastor's wife, and um, so of course, all three of my children are PKs. You know, the preacher's kids, and and they were really we had a great family growing up. They were great kids. But at 18 years old, our first daughter um, left us and uh, moved in with her boyfriend. A few weeks later, got pregnant, so she had my granddaughter when she was just um, a month, really, from being nine. 19 years old. Is that right? Yeah. She was 18 and had a baby and was living with her boyfriend. And so it was just a, a very hard and devastating time for our family. And that became, boy, a season of intense prayer. And that's really when the spiritual warfare books were being written was during that season as well. And, um, the years went by and it was a long time. The answer coming, but, um, in 2015, she left the relationship, became abusive and life-threateningly abusive, mm -hmm. and she left it. And after years of praying that the soul tie would be broken in these things. And one of the pictures that God gave me during that season was that we had we thought we were going to be gardeners and I've never been a very good gardener. She in fact is a good gardener. She lives with me now and actually works in this ministry. And she, um, does our garden. But during that year, when she was not around, I was trying to be a gardener. And so I had a compost pile where I would throw out all the all the old stuff that you could put in the compost pile. And my husband was mowing the grass and he saw a vine growing out of the compost pile. And he wanted to know what is growing out of our compost pile. So he began to <laughs> mow around it and would never, you know, mow the vine. So we had this one, that was our garden that year, I guess, was the vine coming out of the compost pile. And um, sure enough, this great big pumpkin starts the, a pumpkin. I was going to guess it was a pumpkin. I, I've had that happen too. <laughs> and beautiful. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, yeah. So the Lord used that to tell me exactly what you were talking about a minute ago, oh, yes. how 
he brings good things out of stinky places. And that was the picture he gave me. But at that time, as you could well imagine with going through an ordeal like that, she was um, very broken. Um, life was hard. She was trying to get back on her feet and, and it's just taken, you know, one little step and then another, it was not a one-time miraculous, you know, ah, oh, she's back to who, you know, we knew she was prior to all this happening. And, and it's been a gradual story, but it just, um, in the past, I think year or so, just huge, huge spiritual, um, redemption and God moving in her life and redeeming. And it really watershedded and came together back in November of this year when her two daughters wanted to be baptized. And um, she had mentioned several times before that she felt like she wanted to be baptized again, just to solidify this new commitment to the Lord. And, um, but she hadn't really decided to do it yet. And then she surprised her dad and me by getting in the baptism waters with her daughters. And so all three of them were baptized oh, on the same goodness. Oh. And I was like, God knows that I love big, like, Duh, you know, like big, <laughs> and he gave it to us on that day. Oh and then from that, she, um, I had already pushed her a little last fall to share her testimony with the women. And that was really the first time she'd put her story into words and shared it. And then she was baptized. And then, um, this after that, she was like, mom, I want to invite these women and do, I want you to do a Bible study. And I was like, well, I'm going to be traveling a lot as soon as the year turns over. I just don't think I can be committed to a Bible study, but I'll do it with you. And then it went from I'll do it with you to I wasn't there on the first day the study started. So she started it. And so now I was like, I'll come to your Bible study. And she's leading the Bible study herself. And so, you know, I'm just and I made a kind of quick story out of that, but it's totally God just continuing and continuing. And what's beautiful about it is because all those years, so many hard things were happening and, um, and it was painful, but it's been fun as she has come and the Lord is being faithful to his word to perform it. And it's not just a one-time performance. He's performing it and then he's performing it and he's performing it. And it's just um, truly what, what the scripture says that the God will give you back the years the locusts have destroyed. And, and he Amen. does. And he does it in little bits and pieces. And so it's so um, encouraging, I think, to us, no matter where we are, because I'm in a I'm in another very, very difficult place with a different child. And um, I have this right here. I'm front front and center with what God's doing on the other side of a prayer, but I'm right back over there. This is what triggered me sharing this with you is because the Israelites you were talking about, they're right there and they're seeing it, but yes. I get how hard it is because I'm right here and it's still hard because of where this other child, my other daughter is right now. It's just hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I have a little compassion for those Israelites, but I also I remember too. that <laughs> yeah, that God calls them stiff-necked and stubborn. And I'm like, Lord, please let my neck not be stiff. I don't want to be stiff-necked. I want to believe. And I do. I mean, we do believe. And so many times I I um, encourage us and myself and others to uh, be like that guy that brought his son to the disciples and they couldn't heal him. 
And remember Jesus with John and Peter were up on the Mount of Transfiguration and he came down. He's like, what's going on? And they had turned this man's um, demon possessed son into a theological conversation. The disciples were ill-equipped and they couldn't explain it. And I think so many times I feel like those disciples as a Christian leader too, you know, as a minister in the church, you're like, uh, if we don't have the power of God operating, it's really hard to um, explain it. And I believe so many churches don't have the power of God because we're not praying because the Lord tells us how to, how to access his power. But anyway, what I wanted to say about that story is um, when he, when Jesus talked with that father and the father said, I do believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus helped his unbelief by performing his miracle. And so that's how I, I um, sometimes have to be in these situations where it's really hard to believe. It's just, I say, Lord, I do believe, help my unbelief. And then just want to wait expectantly for that miracle to come. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Good, good conversations, Jamie. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us this afternoon. Would you mind closing us out with prayer today? Oh, I'd love to. Thanks. Thank you. God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for connecting Leanne and me and Alana and just for um, for this gift of prayer that you have given us, Lord, just like Leanne was talking about earlier about like that veil being ripped from top to bottom, opening up for the first time access directly to you without the need for, for a mediator other than Jesus, our high priest, God, we just, we thank you so much for that gift of being able to transport to the throne room at any point in our day. And we just pray God that you would just demolish any barriers right now between us and you, whether it's, uh, feelings of inadequacy, like we're not good enough prayers, or whether it's uh, just feeling like there's not enough time or being afraid that we haven't prayed in so long that you'll be mad at us when we come up, come back mm. to you, Lord, just get rid of all of those lies of the enemy. God in Jesus name, help us to see truth, help us to acknowledge you as all powerful, almighty, good, faithful, and yes. completely above any wisdom that we could ever hope to have. And we just lay all of, all of this at your feet, God, we pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done in our lives, in all of the things that you lay on our hearts as prayer burdens, as it is in heaven. And Lord, I just pray for Leanne, um, for her family. We lift up her child that is struggling and just pray your continued work in that situation in Jesus name, God, we know that there's power in that situation that you're working, even when things seem to be getting worse, or there seems to be no movement. God, we acknowledge you as the worker of miracles, the redeemer of everything. And we just pray that God unleash that power in the life of Leanne's daughter. And we just thank you for the gifts of answered prayers that we've been able to look back on today in this conversation. And we just acknowledge you, God, for goodness and faithfulness. And in those areas where things turn out differently than we had prayed or hoped for, you are just as good. And we still acknowledge you and and just pray that you'd help us to just see you clearly for who you are. And we pray for each person listening, that they would feel your presence with them, and that they would just be inspired and excited to walk with you, God, in every step of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jamie.
Thank you. This has been so fun. <laughs> so good to get to talk with you. So fun. Mm -hmm. Hello, my praying people. It is so good to be with you again this week, and you are in for a treat. I got to connect with Jamie Hampton of the Praying Christian Women podcast. This is a really great podcast that I highly recommend. And Jamie and I got to spend the afternoon together. She recorded uh, the interview with me for our prayer clinic podcast. And then right after that, I recorded an interview with her for the Praying Christian Women podcast. So if you're listening to this today and you enjoy our conversation, then go on over to Praying Christian Women and you can listen to a, a continuation of that conversation as we were able to spend that afternoon together. You can tell that we are um, kindred praying spirits. It's so fun how the body of Christ connects us like that. So enjoy getting to know Jamie and please do take time to check out her Praying Christian Women podcast.